Welcome to our worship from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne Labar. The hymn which ends the service is sung by the choristers of St Martin in the Fields. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, whose only Son has opened for us a new and living way into your presence, give us pure hearts and steadfast wills to worship you in spirit and in truth, through Jesus Christ your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is from the letter of Paul to the Romans, chapter 13, beginning at verse 8. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment, are summed up in this word, love your neighbour as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbour, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Today's Gospel reading is from Matthew chapter 18, beginning at verse 15. Jesus spoke to his disciples, If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are, are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I tell you, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. When I was in my late teens, I had a Saturday job in Littlewood's Cafe, clearing tables. It was hard work, and the mess people left behind them was sometimes phenomenal. I don't think I'll ever forget the smell of plates of cold steak pie mixed with cigarette ash from the cigarettes people had stubbed out in their leftovers. It was back in the days when you could smoke in cafes, and people did. The whole experience left me with a lasting admiration for people who clean up after others full-time, long-term, and who are so often unnoticed and unappreciated. If that's you, whatever they pay you, it isn't enough. But the pay, of course, was the point. The one and only real joy of the job was clocking off at the end of the day literally stamping my card in the time clock as we did back then, 
and collecting my wages in a small brown envelope. I'd done my bit. No one could expect any more of me. I didn't have to scrape one more plate or wipe one more table. I could go home, put the uniform in the washing machine, have a shower and forget all about it. I'd kept my side of the contract. I'd fulfilled my obligations. And the money in the small brown envelope, rather meagre though it was, confirmed that. Human beings tend to be contractually minded. We don't like being in debt to others, feeling obliged to them. And that's not just true of work. It's also true of things like gift-giving and doing favours for one another. It's embarrassing if someone gives you an expensive Christmas present when all you've got for them is a pair of socks. It's much easier to ask someone to help us if we feel that they owe us one because we've helped them in the past. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. A lot of our lives are founded on that. St Paul says, Owe no one anything except to love one another, in our first reading. It's part of his letter to the Christian community in Rome. And it comes straight after a passage where he's been talking about the importance of fulfilling civic obligations, paying taxes, keeping the laws, respecting lawful government. The early Christians sometimes thought that since they were citizens of the kingdom of God, they could ignore their responsibilities as citizens of Rome or Athens or wherever they happened to live. Paul disagreed. They were honour-bound, he said, to pay their dues to their society, to play their part. That's what he means when he says they should owe no one anything. They have obligations which they should discharge. But there was one debt, he said, that could never be paid in full. One obligation that was never discharged, which they'd always be owing. And that was the obligation to love one another. Love wasn't about contracts at all, he was telling them. It wasn't a matter of mutual back-scratching. It wasn't something people earned or deserved, or that they could ever consider that they had done enough of. How many people is it reasonable for us to care about and to treat kindly, we might ask? Can we say, well, I'll be loving towards the first ten people I meet today, but after that I can do what I want? Can we claim that our contract only says we have to love people between nine and five and we can take bank holiday Mondays off? Well, no, of course not. Paul is telling us that the calling to love others never ends, just as God's love for us never ends. That's a very challenging thought, and it's important to be clear about what that means. It doesn't mean behaving like a doormat or ignoring things that need confronting. If we love someone, we take them seriously. We care about what they do. If we see something that concerns us, of course we should st speak up, even if that means conflict. It doesn't mean staying around people who are hurting or abusing us either. That's really important. Sometimes we need to remove ourselves from people for our own safety. And if that's the case, we should do so. 
but we're still called to regard them as children of God, made in his image, however deeply buried that image might seem to be. We're never given licence to write anyone off, to say they don't matter, or are less than human. It can sometimes be a struggle to work out what love really looks like in relationships that have gone wrong or hit difficulties. But that's the struggle we're called to. We may not be a part of someone else's future, or they ours, and that may be the best thing for them and for us. But that doesn't mean that they're beyond the love of God. In today's Gospel reading, we can see how that might work out in practice. It's not meant to be a hard and fast guidebook, but it points us to the basic attitudes we should have to one another. If someone sins against you, says the reading, does something wrong, says something mean, first point it out to them privately if you can. Sometimes that's all it takes to repair the damage. If that doesn't work, well, take someone else with you. And if that doesn't work, you may need to go to a bigger group to have others arbitrate. If that doesn't work, well, Jesus says, then let that person be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. That last bit sounds a bit grim. Until we remember how Jesus actually treated Gentiles and tax collectors. While many in his society cut them off and wouldn't mix with them, he welcomed them to come and to follow him if they wanted. The door was open if they wanted to walk through it. What we do and what we say matters, this reading tells us. Our words and actions change people's lives, for better or for worse, in ways we may never be aware of. We have more power than we think. We can bind people, tying them up in knots of resentment and anger, constantly going over old hurts. Or we can loose them from those bonds, recognising the hurt that's been caused, but letting them and ourselves go free to move on to new things. They might change and grow if we do that, or they might not, but we've set them free to live their own lives, and that sets us free too. It's not easy. It's not simple. That's why we need God's help, which is just what the end of the reading promises. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them, says Jesus. Those words are often used in the context of worship. God is there, even if it's just a tiny little service. But it takes on a different meaning altogether when we read it in this context. Jesus isn't just present where two or three are praying together in peace and harmony, it says. He's also there when two or three are fighting like cats and dogs, struggling to come to some agreement. He's present to help us see through our differences to the image of God in each of us. Owe no one anything except to love. Love isn't a contract. It's a limitless gift given to us by God. He's like a father in the language of the Gospels who welcomes back a prodigal son who's wasted all the money he's been given with a generosity that seems ridiculous to those around him 
and no guarantee that the sun won't go and do the same all over again. Or he's like a shepherd who leaves 99 sheep in the wilderness to look for the one that's lost, or a woman who throws a party for her friends when she finds the coin that she's lost, even though the party probably cost as much as the coin was worth. The Gospels tell us that unlike money, time and energy, there's no danger that the love of God will run out. And this is the love that is, is his gift to us. We don't need to ration it. It grows in the giving, so we can share it generously with anyone who needs it. And if we do so, we'll find that there's always more than we can ask or imagine still to draw on. Amen. And so as we bring our prayers to God, we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen.